Hi, and welcome to Voices of Esalen. I'm your host, Sam Stern. Today, we enter into a quantum field of coherence with our guest, holistic optometrist Sam Byrne. Sam is a total genius, I think. I had an amazing time talking to him. Uh, We spoke about a whole host of topics that had to do with changing your vision, improving your vision, um, cleansing your vision. I hope that this interview is going to be interesting for you. It was extremely interesting for me to take part in. The the thing about today's interview that's a little bit different than most is that uh, Sam and I did a process. I didn't know that he was going to ask me to to engage into a a vision-slash-psychological process with him, but when I came to his yurt to interview him, that's what he wanted to do. So when I first came into the room, Sam anointed me with frankincense and mugwort, and we talked a little bit about medicinal aromatherapy. The thing about Sam is he uses many paradigms to kind of speak and teach about vision. We got into talking to my eyes. He had me talking to my eyes. So it's it's definitely kind of out there, uh, but I just went with it. And I I hope that it, will, that it will prove healing and interesting for you as we take a foray into light and color therapy. Uh, speaking about the importance of the liver and detoxification, nutrition, um, the possibility of never wearing glasses again. Uh, So please enjoy my conversation with the one, the only, Dr. Sam Byrne. Well, hi, Uh, my name is Dr. Sam Byrne, and I'm having a conversation and a process with Sam Stern and so great to meet you. So a little bit about my background. Um, I'm actually what we call a behavioral optometrist. That was my first uh, educational foray. And what is a behavioral optometrist? Basically what I what I do is I help people heal their vision using a lot of holistic methods. Um, and I believe that the eyes are connected to our whole body in terms of systemic and energetic health. And very early on in my practice, uh, I had an eye problem, which I corrected. I was very nearsighted as a child, and I completely uh, reversed that prescription in my late 20s. And so that was my initiation into moving into more holistic health and As I went along, I began studying many different modalities, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, because I have found that the liver rules the eyes. And so when we're dealing with toxicities, when people have deteriorating eyesight and vision, a lot of times it can be related to their liver or gallbladder meridian. And then I also studied body work and I'm a craniosacral therapist. And I saw the connection between, you know, the cranial bones, the spine and the sacrum as it relates to how our perceptual habits get developed. I also am a medicinal aromatherapist, so I began working with essential oils about 10 years ago, helping people develop uh, better health and wellness through the plants. Um, I'm also a continuum movement teacher, so uh, I've done a lot of work in somatic education, and continuum is very has been very popular at Esalen. The founder, Emily Conrad, was one of my teachers, and Emily uh, offered continuum movement for many, many years here. And continuum is a 
a process of using different sequences of sound, breath, and spiral movement that actually enhances our fluid body and our, our fluid consciousness. And a lot of eye problems are actually caused by uh, a solidification of the eye tissue because the eyes need a lot of oxygenation and hydration for health. So in my career, which is over 30 years, uh, I've developed a lot of different methods to help people heal their eyes and vision and kind of watch the echo connection between the eyes and the brain and the body. So I'm very excited this past month uh, I was a work scholar uh, leader, which means that I was working with people for a whole month uh, in the area of my, my specialty, helping them improve their eyes and vision and overall health with many of the, the group processes that I've developed. And I think we're going to be doing a couple of those exercises, perhaps. Uh... Okay, yeah, I'm into it. Okay. So the first thing let's do is uh, let's anoint... Uh, you with um, these two beautiful medicinal essential oils. The first one is frankincense. And one of the ways to uh, introduce yourself to these oils is by smelling because this, the olfactory sense actually is very connected to our limbic brain. So our emotional center and our amygdala. And also the essential oils offer us kind of a, uh, an adaptogenic uh, experience where wherever your body's out of balance, if you start applying the oils, it will bring your body into balance. So I'm going to apply a drop of frankincense right on your third eye, since we're going to be working with our physical eyes, and I'll also do the same thing so that we are in a coherent field. I find that when we're in a, a quantum field of coherence, that there's an amplification in the healing and we don't have to do a lot. It just things just kind of happen beautifully. And then the second medicinal essence I'm going to introduce you to is mugwort. And mugwort is a wonderful essence. I'm going to put it on the crown of your head. Mugwort is, um, many people that are acupuncturists may know mugwort as the moxa that we burn when we do an acupuncture treatment. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of the quality of mugwort in an essential oil, it's really good at moving blocked energy. So I was doing a public uh, workshop two weekends ago, and there was a guy in the class who was suffering some real trauma in his eyes, and he wasn't able to move through it. We were doing some light and color therapy, and I gave him some mugwort, and he, then he, afterwards he had this major emotional release, and then his eyesight got really clear. And I felt that the mugwort was a great catalyst in the overall process. So I use the medicinal essences, the aromatherapy, as a way to support people both on a biochemical level but also on an energetic level. So they can be very, very powerful. When you, uh, when I anointed you with those, did you have any sensations or any experiences either with frankincense or mugwort? I felt an opening from the mugwort, mm. kind of just like a spreading. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that will happen, of course, you know, when we spread our tissue or spread our, our body uh, consciousness, there's better energy flow. So that's that's really cool. Okay, well, um, one of the things I think we should do as a start-off point is we should have you talk to your eyes. So this is an exercise that I've developed called Eye Dialogue. And what it is, is I'm going to actually ask, ask you to cover your left eye with your left hand. Okay, And you might use your palm, so you're, yes, yeah, so you're not going to press on the left eye. And so immediately when you cover your left eye, 
Um, what what is your first awareness that comes in into your uh, consciousness when you cover the left eye? Uh, an initial feeling of just identifying with like a, a pirate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then that passed. Okay. And now I'm feeling the energy in my my left palm, kind of surrounding my left eye. Okay. So um, we're going to talk to the right eye. So just use stream of consciousness here. And the first question I'm going to ask the right eye is, uh, how old do you feel? 32. 32. Okay. And we're going to ask the second question, which is right eye. Do you know you're married to the left eye? No. Okay. Well, who does the work in the relationship? Left eye. Left eye. So what is your function in this marriage? Power. Power. Okay. So power... But you don't work together with the left eye then. So, no. so what, what, is your, you know, what is your function in daily living? And when you say power, can you go more into that? I'm like a big, fat cartoon character, like Wimpy. Uh-huh. I mean, not Wimpy, Bluto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next question would be, right eye, what do you need that you're not getting? Precision. Precision. Okay, so are you, are you more in a blurry place? Is that... Kind yeah, I'm, I'm heavy. You're heavy. Okay. And where do you feel the heaviness in your body? Stomach. Stomach. Okay. So just bring your awareness into your stomach and just kind of feel into the heaviness and we'll track it. And um, where where would you say that, that that takes you, that heaviness? Uh, the lower left quadrant lower, of the stomach. Okay. So um, it's interesting, just just for the listeners, is that we might do kind of a, a somatic experiencing tracking for a while just by covering one of the eyes. This is kind of an interesting process that we can do. Um, but I'm going to move on, and I'm going to ask you at this point to remove your left hand and tell me how you see the world. Just notice how you see different, how you feel different by uh, bringing a little more awareness to your eyes. I feel safer. Feel safer. Uh, How about we could look at it, does the world look blurrier? Does it look clearer? Does it look brighter? Does it look duller? Do you have any sensation in your brain? I think it looks normal to you. It looks normal to you. It feels like back to the... Back to to the way it was. Yes. Okay. So now let's have you cover your right eye. And what's your first kind of awareness that comes in when you cover the right eye and you're just looking with the left eye? Uh, Now I feel a weakness. A weakness, okay. And um, where in your body do you feel that weakness? My wrist. Your wrist, okay. My, My left wrist. Your left wrist, okay. So we're going to ask the left eye, the left eye, how old are you? 10. Okay, so you're 10 years old. What's the what's the memory that you have as a 10-year-old? Do you have any impression as a 10-year-old? Trying to shoot a basketball okay. and not being not being not being skilled or successful okay. at it. Okay. All right. And so left eye, do you know you're married to the right eye? Yes. And what's the state of the marriage? He supports me. He supports you. Okay, so what's your function? What do you do? What's what's your part of the partnership? I help him out. I I do all the work and the cleaning. The cleaning. You do the cleaning, and what does he do? 
he's the guy I love. Okay, great. And left eye, what do you need that you're not getting? I need us to work together as a team. Ah, okay. So you can take your hand away slowly. And um, again, what's your first impression when you take your hand away? Blurrier, clearer, brighter, duller? I, I feel an increased coherence. Uh, an increased coherence. Okay. So there's, there's a power behind the eyes in the sense that 10% of seeing is in the eyeball and 90% of seeing is behind the eyes. And we want to blame faulty vision on a deteriorating eyeball, but it's not the eyeball's fault. It's the programming of what we are communicating to our eyes that causes our perceptual habits. So doing this particular dialoguing exercise begins to uncover some of the internalized experiences that we, we may have had at a certain age, but they are the core experiences that are driving and influencing our current perceptual way of relating and seeing in the world. You know, and in psychology, we talk about how we project our projection, our visual projection. And so what this dialoguing does is it begins to show us what actually are we projecting into the world in our vision that's maybe subconscious or unconscious? And of course, if we look at the hemispheres of the brain, the eyes actually do originate from brain tissue very early in utero, that the right eye is the father eye or the masculine energy, and the left eye is the feminine eye or the mother energy. And 80% of the retina fibers of the right eye cross over to the left brain. So the right eye is more of your left brain, linear, detail, get it done. The left eye is more of the right brain, 80% of the fibers cross over to that part of the hemisphere, which is more of our um, intuitive, creative gestalt. So this is a way that you can balance the brain by working through the eyes that way. And it's very interesting when we start becoming aware of certain perceptual habits that we had no idea that we were even you know, using because the eyes are uh, a part of our body that sometimes we forget about. And so my work is about reminding people to feel into their eyes, to improve the circulation in the eyes, because a lot of the, the eye and perceptual deteriorations that I see are because we are completely disconnected. Okay. Any questions about that? No, I think it's fascinating that basically the statistics were bore out through that exercise. That's precisely how I experienced yeah, it. How you... I had never thought about uh, one eye being feminine or yes. one eye being masculine. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's great. Um, so we're going to move to one of uh, the next procedures that I use. So I'm going to talk a bit about um, lenses, glasses, contacts, and even if people don't wear them, um, that's okay, but I want you to, to hear what I'm saying. When you go to a regular eye doctor and you're sitting in a dark room and the doctor is putting this machine in front of your face and he says, which is clear, one or two, one or two, and he's flipping the lenses and you have no idea and you guess number two and you get a lens, uh, you get contacts or glasses and you put them on you know, after, you, after they're made up and you go, wow, this is making me really dizzy. And then you go back to the doctor and he says, don't worry, you'll get used to it. It's like, no, I don't want to get used to having to suppress my awareness to fit myself through this filtering system. So 2020 is not really our vision. It's our eyesight. It's clarity. But vision is how the eyes and the brain and the body work together. Any prescription you get from a doctor that's correcting you for 2020 is going to weaken your vision. And I say that because a lens actually transmits 
transmits light into the eyes. And the eyes are the major organ of light. We see based on how much light is getting to the retina. So a 20-20 lens is actually cutting out a lot of the light. And so most of the light is just focused on a very tiny area of the eyeball. So it's definitely going to weaken your eyes. It's going to shut down your peripheral vision, which is actually the most important part of your seeing. And so that's kind of what that's about. Now, in my world, I actually use lenses and, and glasses in ways that actually can stimulate and move the light into areas where your vision has been shut down. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Why is the peripheral vision the most important vision? Because it's so important in relationship to our orientation in space. Um, it's important in terms of our memory. We need good peripheral vision in both eye to actually engage depth perception. And yet, because of all the electronics in the world, we are becoming overfocal. In other words, we are tunneling our vision to focus on the electronics. And so what we're doing is we are suppressing or ignoring our peripheral vision. And one of the things that I do in my workshops is whenever we are doing anything with our eyes, the first thing I ask people to do is feel their body. So this is for everybody that if you want to improve your vision, first of all, start feeling your body, feel your sit bones in the chair, your feet, your feet on the floor, the back and the back of your chair. If that's your primary, then you're not putting all the pressure on your eyes to do everything. It's in other words, it's a whole body seeing. And when you start feeling into your body, that immediately spreads the eye tissue, it spreads the vision into more peripheral, and it's more relaxing. You start activating your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the more rest and settle part of our autonomic nervous system. It also changes our cranial rhythm. It slows it down. It also relaxes the liver meridian. So I've measured all these things. And so feeling the body and then looking is a really great way just to begin to move out of that habit of tightening, compressing, narrowing. That's our survival response. And we put a lot of tension into our eyes as a hypervigilance. In fact, some of the somatic therapists that I work with will tell me that 60 to 80% of body tension is carried in the eyeball. And so as we start kind of doing things with the eyes, there's an incredible release of tension and it's very balancing in the nervous system and the fluid body. Yeah, we wouldn't even we don't think about these things because we are we are treated when we go to the doctor's office as the eyes are a mechanical separate process from the body. They're only going to age worse. There's nothing you can do about it. And those are all myths. They're not truths. Uh, so so back to the lenses, I'm going to introduce this little fun game and what it's going to do is I'm going to give you a, a prescription to put on. And what it's going to do is it's going to move the light into a non-habitual area. And let's see what your response is as, as we do that. So what I'm going to ask you to do, if you can, is just put these on. And we'll ask you, Sam, what you see and what you feel. Okay. And just kind of hang out with it. I know it's, it may be disorienting, but I'll talk about that. Okay, so give give us your, what do you see, what do you feel when you put these special lenses on? This one looks like I'm looking through the bottom of a glass-bottom boat. Okay. It's 
it's kind of curved. I'm, I'm looking at you and your head seems close to me, but your midsection seems a bit far away. Okay. And it's trippy. It looks like a fish, fish eye lens. Okay, it's trippy. It looks like a fish island. And here's the big question. What do you feel in your body? actually don't feel that bad it it feels like a like a carnival ride or it's somewhat fun like a fun house a fun house okay and any changes of color any changes of um you know shape blur anything like that as you move around move your head the, move your the eyes. blues look kind of indigo uh-huh and yeah, there's just a brightness. I feel like a lightness in my in my uh -huh. feet. I don't, uh -huh. I don't feel sick or anything. Lightness in your feet. Okay. So what I'm doing is I'm giving you um, a prism lens that's actually spreading the light way into your peripheral vision that habitually you would never even know about. And in doing that, it's beginning to kind of awaken one thing that we can be more playful with our vision. Number two, it's actually really good for our system to go into disorientation and then have the brain say, can I come back to reorientation? That's really, that's really creates more vitality on a cellular level. Uh, we talk about uh, dissolving and resolving, dissolving and resolving. And the dissolution, which is part of what the vision is saying, okay, you can't have your normal habitual way. That dissolution is about letting go. It's about softening. It's about movement. And then the resolving is saying, okay, new rebirth. Okay. And that particular inhalation, exhalation, which you're doing now with the prisms, is actually creating more energetics on a brain level, a cellular level. See, we are so afraid of disorientation and blur because of what the meanings we've given it. So if I said to you, um, what is your belief system on blur? Blur means what to you? Fear. Fear. Blur means fear. So there's some part of you that's going to always say, I don't want to feel that fear. I don't want to feel out of control. And that's, we put all that tension in our eyes. So the practice right now is, again, the context is you're just sitting here, is can you embrace the blur? Can you embrace the disorientation? And in doing that, it's going to dissolve all the kind of the... Um, hypervigilance attitude that we put into our eyes and then when you take them off you're going to go wow you know things I now I'm really seeing with fresh eyes so go ahead and take them off and give us your impressions about how you see and how you feel just by wearing this particular prescription I feel some disappointment <laughs> <laughs> you liked you liked the, the what the prisms were doing to you yeah Yes, I enjoyed that altered reality. Yeah, and you know, we put so much control into our eyes that we're kind of afraid uh, to do that. So let me give you another prism prescription that's going to shift the light into another area of your retina. You These know, are really cool looking glasses. Yeah, like Coke bottle. Yeah, they're glasses. Coke bottle on one side, so it shifts the light in the other direction. It looks like the lens is cut diagonally. Yes, and um, I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. Okay, so what do you see and what do you feel with this prism prescription? What do you notice that's one thing that's different? It's hard to say. What you, can, I, okay. you can pick the lens up and put it down. It's doing something to your midline. Okay, yeah, the midline is arcing towards the right. Yes. So this is an important piece because we have a visual midline and then we have a body midline. And so it's getting you to interact with 
okay, my eyes are my steering wheel, my GPS. If I move your midline around, how does your body respond to that? Like, what is coming up for you? I see your face kind of uh, inquisitive here. Yeah, it took me a second to understand what this was doing to me. Uh, now I'm looking at the walls and the yurt where we are and seeing them kind of arcing. It feels feel a, a bit trapped or scared, like I'm plastered against the wall, like my, okay. I'm getting lifted off the okay. ground. Okay, so I'm going to stop you here because a lot of times when we put these prisms on, it takes away our habitual kind of defense strategy. So what's coming to the surface is some adaptive response that you had somewhere way back. I call these like truth serum classes because it brings up the adaptive responses that we made at a certain time and we are trapped in that perceptual kind of uh, reaction. So what we do right now is can you just go with the flow? Can you just kind of be with the body sensation? Can you just be with it? Can you embrace it? Can you, can you surrender into it? And notice where your resistance is around it. You know, just again, sometimes it will have people too, I'm not going to have you do it, is get up and actually walk. So as you continue continue to settle into it, what do you, you know, what do you notice? Yeah, I can't say that I like it. I I I'm mm -hmm. experiencing not a sadness, but mm -hmm. but more, um, a, like wishing that this was different, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. almost feeling like I am. There's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So where? How old are you when you have that? that sensation feeling there's something wrong with me this is young yeah this feels course. very very young like a yeah. baby in a crib uh, interesting yes and you know our eyes are uh, embryonic tissue so as we start kind of moving the eyes and working with them sometimes we will connect to those preverbal states and this is where our vision starts to develop and we make decisions about how we see and so if we were in a longer process i would kind of guide you into maybe really being with that uncomfortableness because here is a golden nugget I'm going to give you and the listeners. If you want to change your vision, change your preference. Give up your preference. Give up your point of view. So what I'm saying is, you, you know, like if you're not comfortable with this, you don't like it. Okay, can you just be with it? Can you go into it? And I'm sure you've heard that several times in the healing arts is that, you know, maybe our ego and our kind of perspective, that's fine. But in a safe context, can we give up our preference? Can we see another preference? And that releases the resistance and the defense strategies that maybe we've developed as a way to protect ourselves. So now go ahead and take the glasses off and recalibrate and notice how you see and how you feel. Emotionally, now I feel like I am in my adult you're in your adult state. It was like took a costume off and yes, or like yes. shook off a nightmare. Yes, yes. Well, maybe you released some adaptive emotional kind of situation that was somehow affecting how you saw your perception, and this is kind of what happens. And as we keep, I call it removing the veils, you know, all the veils. And you know, when we do like a week long workshop, it's amazing the uh, insights that people make and using the eyes as the portal into their brain and their perceptual habits. So you did really, really fantastic on that. I had not made the connection between vision and, mm -hmm. and emotion mm -hmm. at all. Well, there's a huge connection between emotion and vision. I've had people where they've had emotional releases, and then they see 20-20 in the eye chart, and their glasses are too strong. 
because we get a lens at a certain time in our life and um, that our prescription represents our history. It represents our scroll of history and our conditioning. It's not just about the optics in 2020. When you get a prescription of contacts and glasses, if you take a look at that time in your life, there was probably something unresolved that you didn't understand. And like in my case, I'm nearsighted. I pulled my world in as a way to, to protect myself. For farsightedness, it's about pushing the world away. For astigmatism, it's about twisting the world. So we can look at different uh, visual situations, adaptations, and relate it to functionally our adaptive response to our environment. And do you wear lenses now? No, I haven't worn contacts or glasses in 30 years. I completely healed my eyes. I see 20-20 at distance and near. And um, again, as I said, if you wear a 20-20 lens, that's only going to weaken your eyes. You also have very clear eyes, like extraordinary. Well, you know, there's this protocol I use. Um, there are many things that I do in terms of my own uh, my own uh, process. I wrote a book this past year called Taking It In. And it's a book about digestion for the eyes, wellness, and the body. And I talk about the malabsorption syndrome. And there are actually some really great foods that heal your eyes. Uh, things like avocados and beets and red peppers and... Um, all the phytochemicals, the, the, the rinds and the seeds of the vegetables that we throw out, you need to put into your smoothie because those have the highest antioxidants, as we call them, phytochemicals. And in this book, I've researched different smoothie formulas that go way beyond, you know, just juicing carrots or something like that. For example, um, if you have a Vitamix, juice your, uh, your avocado seed. Your avocado seed has incredible cardiovascular benefits. And you would say, well, can a Vitamix or a three-speed blender actually grind up on an avocado seed? Absolutely. And if you, you know, think about the rainbow diet, if you're using those for your smoothies, uh, they're wonderful in terms of the enzymes and the probiotics. Because one of the things I talk about in the, my book, Taking It In, is in functional medicine, we're talking a lot about this now, it's called the microbiome. Have you heard of this? No. Okay, so basically, it's talking about the being in balance in our bacteria in our intestinal tract. And what's happening is that most people are living in a low to medium grade inflammatory situation inside their body. And the tight junctions, which are like a mesh network uh, in the intestinal tract, are getting destroyed because of gluten, because of uh, pesticides, because of depleted soil, because of antibiotic use. So we're out of balance in our own microbiome. And so it's healing the tight junctions. It's, it's using a broad-based probiotics because a lot of probiotics make it a monoculture in our intestinal tract. And the key is having better dietary absorption because then on a cellular level, we have more cell, more uh, energy being produced in the, uh, by the mitochondria, which then pushes the metabolic waste away from our cells. And so we have less toxicity. So, so what would be an example of a broad-based uh, probiotic? Well, that's a good question because, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of research on what is a broad-based probiotic. I think that, number one, I'm not really a big fan of a lot of dairy. So I would look for, um, there's actually a company down in San Luis Obispo that makes um, this amazing probiotic that's coconut-based. So there's no dairy involved. 
But what they are doing is they are making this culture of probiotics where it's it's so many different strains. But what I would tell listeners is that to um, alternate your probiotic use. So if you are taking probiotics, to vary the different types of probiotics that you're using so that you're not just taking the same thing. And then in terms of enzymes, again, you know, the smoothies are really great in terms of that. There's also other kinds of ways to get, you know, good enzymatic action into your body. Um, and then, of course, I bring in the medicinal essential oils because you can rub them on your abdomen. You can, you know, drink them. Uh, so there's there's lots of different protocols that I use, but I'm a scientist, so I like to see a lab test. I'm not one that says, well, take this, take that, take this. And in my book, Taking It In, I talk about some really interesting biochemical tests that one can do beyond the 24-hour snapshot of the regular blood test that can tell what's going on on cellular level. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned earlier in this, uh, in this hour about your liver being a key element for for eyesight. I wonder mm -hmm. if you might speak about that for a moment. Sure. Well, absolutely. I, you know, I think in our in our world today, um, we're being bombarded by so many, um, you know, exotoxins, endotoxins, uh, pharmaceuticals, chemtrails, um, you know, just GMOs, and there's all kinds of issues around around that. Um, so the, the first thing is to identify if you've got some heavy metal toxicity in your body, could be from mercury amalgams as well, that um, how can you detox those from the body? And the liver is kind of one of the main organs that helps us with detoxification. Um, and if we do a liver cleanse or a gallbladder flush, a lot of times because the meridian goes directly to the eyes, we'll see our floaters go away in the eye we will see the macular degeneration go away. So the macula and the vitreous of the eye are very tied into liver chi stagnation. Just like for cataracts, that's very tied into um, kidney-lung meridian, and that's metabolic waste that accumulates in the lens of the eye. So anything that's going on in the eye is being mirrored in the body systemically and energetically. I mean, we're an inter interconnected biological system. So the liver is, is a very important uh, organ to keep healthy. So I'm gonna bring in another concept here is that uh, in 2009, I met a biophysicist named Konstantin Kordkov, and he developed a digital Curlian camera called a GDV camera, and I've brought it to Esalen many times. And this is a camera that scans your, uh, your body and can give us a numerical analysis of your energy fields, your chakras, and your acupuncture meridians. And it's a scientific machine. It's actually used in the hospitals in Russia. And I will use that uh, instrument as a way to measure our biofield, our energy fields, our chakras, and our meridians. And I was doing an open seat yesterday with my group, and everybody in there was having liver stress. Everybody in there was having inflammatory response that we saw in the biofield. And the energy field is kind of like our bank account that feeds our physical body. And so through the modalities that I have used, color therapy, essential oils, um, light, light therapy, you know, there's lots of different techniques that I've developed, we can oxygenate and hydrate the body and improve our biofield, our energy field, which then, so I look at the meridians in the liver and the gallbladder, I can see, okay, if there's chi stagnation, 
that's probably one reason why the eyes are, are the way they are. And of course, the brain is part of that as well. Here's another statistic. The eyes and the brain make up 2% of the body weight and use 25% of the food intake. So 25% of what we eat needs to come up to this brain eye area. So it's very um, governed, very influenced by what we're eating. You know, so again, dairy, wheat, gluten, uh, soy, um, you know, if we can, my eyes are so clear because my diet is more plant-based and I'm not eating those chemicals and I'm not eating processed food. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what all that's about, if, you know, if that, that helps you. Um, so I'd like to do a process now, I think we've got the time, with this little exercise called the Brock String. And this is an exercise, I'm going to have you do this, it's kind of fun. So what you're going to do, Sam, is you're going to take the end of the string and just hold it up to the tip of your nose. And I'm going to spread the first bead, uh, so this is three beads on the string. The first bead is going to be at about 12 inches from your nose, and then equidistantly the second bead is, you know, 24 inches and then 36 inches. So this is an exercise on improving your attention and focus. I'm going to ask you to look at the closest bead, which is the green bead. And what do you see and what do you feel as you look at the green bead? How many strings and where do the strings cross? Uh, I see two strings. Okay. And they're they're crossing kind of in the middle of the green bead. Okay, and that's what's supposed to happen. As you continue to look at the green bead and you see the strings crossing, do either of the strings fade out? Yeah, the string on the left is more transparent. Okay, so which eye sees the left string? And you can wink or blink each eye because that's going to be kind of a representation of... Left eye sees left okay. string. Okay, left eye sees left string. So if one of the strings is transparent or fading out, that's called visual suppression. So the brain is actually shutting down one of the eyes because it's hard for you to use both eyes together. Okay, I'm going to have you look at the middle bead and see if you can get the strings to cross there. Okay, they're crossing there. Okay, and so you should see two green beads and two red beads surrounding the yellow. I do. Okay. Again, when you look at the yellow bead, the middle bead, uh, do either of the strings crawl, um, go away? or fade? The left string also looks more transparent. Okay. Now look at the red bead and see if you can get the strings to cross there. So you'll see two green bead and two, ye two green beads and two yellow beads. I see that. Okay. And then bring it back to the yellow bead. Look at the yellow. Yes. And then look at the green. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to have you do a second piece, which is called the bug walk, where you're at the green bead and you're going to trace the X in between the green and the yellow. So it's like you're crawling the X using a different set of eye muscles and getting you to do this. Are okay, you, are this you, is great. And this is something that our listeners can pick up, uh, a Brock string. Right? Yes, and they can just contact us. I'll give my contact information at the end. So I see you smiling. It's kind of fun, huh? You're kind of crawling the X from the first bead to the second bead and from the second bead to the third bead. It is. This is a... a probably the first time in my life I've done an, an eye exercise. This is like going to the gym. Yeah, exactly. It's very much um, visual fitness. So you go out to the far bead and then back into the near bead. And of course, feel your body. Be aware of your, your sit bones and your feet. And notice when you start feeling the body, how that changes the dynamic of the focus. I notice you breathe a little more. Yeah, that just made it 50% easier. Yeah, so for listeners, feel your body when you're working at the computer. Use a physio ball. So this is this is an exercise that improves your attention and visual focus. 
and your visual coordination. Yeah. It's actually very fun. It's really fun, yeah. And we do this in our workshops all the time, so it's really good. It's somewhat playful. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I think because I'm I'm holding a string to the tip of my nose. Yes, right, with just three beads and, you know, high tech. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you to rub your hands together, and then you're going to cup your hands over your eyes. So it's good to rest your eyes, just focus on your breathing. And this is called palming. This is actually a Bates exercise. Bates was a... Uh, doctor who worked with eye exercises. So as you breathe in, let's do nose breathing because no, the nose is for breathing and the mouth is for, for eating. We do mouth breathing, we get more excited in our nervous system. When you do the exhale, extend the exhale, slow it down. Think of that dissolution on the exhale, get to the end of that. And then the resolving, the resolution is on the inhale through the nose. So you're inhaling and exhaling through the nose. Maybe do about five of those. And each time you exhale, see if you can slow the exhale down even more. Extend the exhale. What we do there is we're extending our wave form. So more information, more relaxation, more tissue spread. Um, these are some of the, the nuances in the palming and the breathing that we do. And once you feel like you've done enough, you can slowly take your hands away and begin to open your open your eyes and just kind of notice how you see and how you feel. Yeah, I, f I feel an overall integration and mm -hmm. in increased peacefulness, mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. say, mm -hmm. and uh, maybe some happiness. Yay. Okay. Well, you're making progress so quickly and, um, you know, when we have great responsiveness, we thrive in our health. So, you know, that's that reflects that what you're doing and where you are and so on, that there's there's a lot of support in um, your body's responsiveness uh, quotient. So, great. So we're gonna do one more uh, process and this is entering the world of light and color therapy. So I'm gonna uh, enter this uh, domain with you by telling a little story. So way back early on in my career, my first practice was in Philadelphia in the East Coast. And I uh, got a flyer in the mail from this course on color therapy, color healing. So I went to the class and um, on Monday morning, I went back to my office and there was an old lady and her daughter in the waiting room. And I was friends with the daughter and she said, you know, my mom just lost her driver's license. She has a macular degeneration. Do you think you could help her? And I said, well, I took this course on color therapy and um, they said it, it helps, you know, heal macular degeneration. So the prescription was every day the daughter would bring the mother in for color therapy. And the prescription was look at this blue green light of this machine in the back office. And after about the eighth session, I went out to get the, the elderly lady and I said, where's your daughter? And she said, oh, I'm seeing well enough where I can drive to the office now. And I was like, get out of here. So I took her back to my exam room and sure enough, her eyesight was improving. She could actually see the eye chart better. So we went through the 20 sessions and she got enough eyesight that she could get a daylight's driver's license. So I said, wow, there's something to this color therapy. I don't know much about it. So I began researching it and, you know, there, there was a guy named John Ott who was an inventor and photographer and he did a lot of study with light and color. He wrote a book called Health and Light. 
And there was a term that he came up with called malillumination, like malnutrition, which had to do with the fact that we weren't absorbing the proper light into our bodies, and that was creating ill health. So if I fast forward, uh, you know, 20 years, I was looking at research where neuroscientists and psychologists were saying, you know, if you don't get enough sunlight in the winter, you suffer depression, seasonal affective disorder. So I began looking at all these different things. And as I said at the top of the show, the light, uh, the eye is the organ of light and that we need light in order to be able to see. So what I noticed about people and their visual habits is a lot of times part of the retina cells would shut down that they would become desensitized to the light. So their peripheral vision would begin to reduce. So I began giving them all the colors of the spectrum and I noticed that not, not only that their peripheral vision got better, but then um, they would have emotional responses to the color. And then I started to study how light affects our endocrine system. 25% of the light that goes into the eyes actually goes right to the hypothalamus, which is governing part of our endocrine function. I also know from uh, my craniosacral training that the cranial nerves, many of them go into the eyes, that if you use different colors, it actually opens up the neuropathways. Uh, and then when I got my energy machine, the GDV camera, when I would do light and color therapy, I noticed the chakras would be more lined up. So I saw this connection with light as food. And, you know, there's a term we use in the plant world of heliotropic, where living things go towards the light. This is how photosynthesis happens. Ah. So I began saying, well, why not human beings, you know? So I developed this process called the rainbow method, and it has to do with using light and color to heal vision. So I'm going to have you do the process now. And instead of using one of my fancy machines, I have these masks that you're going to use. I'm going to guide you in this little process. So what you're going to do is you're going to hold the red up to your eyes. And you're going to ask yourself, what do you see and how does it feel in your body? It's like looking through a wine glass. Like, and it feels uh, somewhat mm. sensuous, like, like, okay. uh, like mm -hmm. I am in the sea. I am in the sea and I'm feeling sensuous. And of course, this is kind of activating our root chakra. So, you know, red is, you know, part of that frequency that kind of is very primal and primordial. And, you know, there's a lots of possibilities that come up when we start looking through these different colors in terms of what it triggers in us. Okay, let's go on to the next color, which is orange. So again, when people want to do this, they ask themselves, what do I see? What do I feel? I feel, I feel clarity. I feel mm -hmm. like experiencing a positivity, uh, mm -hmm. clarity, mm -hmm. uh, almost like uh, valor, or I feel mm -hmm. pride. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. So that's the second chakra, perhaps. Okay, now here's the yellow color. So again, you get the process through each of the colors. So what do you see and feel there? This feels somewhat like thin or like soupy. Um, it's almost as if I'm comparing it somewhat to the to the previous orange, which felt more powerful. And this mm. feels somewhat, mm. I guess I'm experiencing feeling a weakness. Oh, okay. And where do you feel the weakness in your body? Is it in that left wrist again? Or? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, in that area. Okay. So just kind of stay with the weakness. Again, we're just kind of embracing whatever shows up for us. This is uncovering some perceptual response that is still in your body. So, 
you know, we would just have you use the yellow and that would dissipate or release the weakness energetic and then there would be better energy flow. Okay, next is green. So this is the center part of the spectrum. It's kind of the balancing color. And um, what do you see and what do you feel here? It's not, it doesn't feel overwhelmingly good. Mm -hmm. It's somewhat of uh, not a sickness or a nausea, but uh, like I want to run. And, and where do you feel that sickness or nausea in your body? Of the heart or okay. throat, kind of the okay. solar plexus maybe. Okay, so just kind of tune into that area and just go a little deeper, just kind of breathe into it. You know, we talk about sensation versus emotion. And so I'm just going to ask you to stay with the body sensation and just track it for a moment. Just kind of, you know, kind of meet it and see where, where you go with that. So dilate into that instead of pushing it away. Okay, I feel more at home with it. Okay. Uh, but I, I recognize that it's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, fear of an encroaching, uh, who am I? Uh -huh, uh -huh. How can I exist okay. in this world? Okay, okay. And how old do you feel when you say that? I don't know, young adult. Yeah, young adult. 21. Okay. Yeah, so again, it's triggering some perceptual kind of idea at that time and so now you're getting to release that so it's not it's not influencing you as much okay you can take the green away the next color we're going to give you is a blue and um, there you go peace peace okay so the blue is uh, reflecting peace and where do you feel the peace in your body Third eye. Third eye, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe putting the frankincense on at the beginning kind of activated the third eye. We, we will do a chakra meditation where we do seven oils for the seven chakras and then do color therapy and sound as a way. We did that last night with our work scholar kids. So, so anyways, that's really good about blue and peace. And so now the last color is going to be, we'll see what color you think it is. Is this purple? Yep. This is... Oh, I'm. This is really beautiful. Mm. And I'm looking at some flowers behind you that are uh -huh. outside that are illuminated in a in a special way. Mm -hmm. This is, feels. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. Ascendant, spiritual, uh -huh. holy. Sure. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I feel gratitude. Yeah. So there's the crown chakra, just kind of opening a little more. So you're using the eyes as an entryway to open up these different portals. Um, Okay, so now uh, if you would just close your eyes for a moment and just kind of tune into your body. We call this open attention and, and continuum. And so just go into this open attention for a moment. And what comes to the surface, either in sensation or vision or listening? I'm feeling a, a, kind of a heaviness on my right side. Okay. Almost like, you know, I had those prism glasses that were diagonal yes. that were mm -hmm. tilting me to the right side. Yes. I feel like, I, mm -hmm. like if I wasn't supported, I might fall over to my right. Mm -hmm. Do you want to move a little bit in that direction and see what, what where that goes? Mm-hmm. 
And what's happening with the heaviness on the right side? Is it changing? Is it what's going on there with that as you dilate into that that awareness? I I feel some integration. I, feel, I still mm-hmm. feel the mm-hmm. the the depth of it. I mm-hmm. almost feel like I've been to the gym, but mm-hmm. in a in a in my head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So is it just in your head, or is it also in your body? No, I'm experiencing it in my body as well. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm experiencing things a bit more mentally than I mm-hmm. am physically. But if I mm-hmm. if I get into my body a little yeah. bit more, I do feel mm-hmm. the like things are concentrated on the right side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that might be uh, an idea if you're getting some body work. Like if I had you in my office, we might do some cranial sacral and kind of see where that right side would go. So that might be an interesting inquiry for you to explore the right side, left side uh, situation. But it's it's this open attention is really great because it means there's no preconceived intention it's kind of like you're just going with what comes to the surface and that can create a new birth a new birthing in creativity and impulse and so you know the visual channel is one way to help expand that creative experience by going into the body and saying okay what's the responsiveness what's the stimulus okay and are these readily available? These uh, colored pieces. Yes. Of so, so um, I sell them. Uh, they're they're about twenty bucks, and you can get these colored gels uh, as a way to work with the color therapy. It's fantastic. You can also do it with an eye patch, so you can just do each eye separately. Uh, you could also go from the purple back down to the red. So that's another way to organize your color. Uh, and so how, how often would, would I would I would say do the thirty day challenge. Every day for 30 days. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you these color gels and say 30 days every day. Do it as part of your meditation or before bed. Journal it. And just notice what arises for you because it's going to stimulate some new pathways in your visual system, in your brain. Uh, This is what color and light is. It's a form of food. It's just in another form. Okay, I can do that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. I've been such a beneficiary of your your processes today. Thank yeah. you, Sam. That's yeah, you're an welcome. Incredible uh, gift you've given me. Well, thanks for the the um, uh, the 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 platform to do it, and I'm so happy to share it, Esalen. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to my website www.drsamburn.com. Um, you can also Facebook me. I'm on Twitter, um, LinkedIn. So friend me, I'd love to interact with you. I actually have my own weekly podcast called 2020 iTalk. And uh, I've done a lot of shows. I'm on iTunes and a lot of them are they're archived. So I'm glad to give back to you and to Esalen. I think this is an amazing place and the legacy here. We need to keep it going. And if uh, any of our listeners are interested in checking out um, some of your books, uh, particularly on vision, what would you recommend, Sam? Well, um, the first book I wrote is called Creating Your Personal Vision, and that has a book which has lots of exercises in it and charts. The second book I wrote is called I Sense at Play in the Field of Healing, and uh, that's a book about philosophy, my different philosophies with vision. And I also talk about my um, work with Continuum and Essential Oils, some really good information about medicinal aromatherapy in that book. And then the Taking It In is a, a book about, you know, working with nutrition in the eyes. 
And I'm just doing a new book right now. It's part of uh, an old book that I did on autism, autism spectrum disorder. So that's going to be coming out in June. And uh, that's working with kids with all kinds of learning and neurological problems. So um, I know they're here at the Esalen Bookstore or just contact our website and happy to send them to you. Sam Byrne, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.